Section 38 of A Year Amongst the Persians by Edward Granville Brown. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Monday, the 17th of June, or 7th of Shawwal. This afternoon I visited a young secretary of the prince with whom I had become acquainted, and found him with a son of the prince telegraphist, Mullah Yusuf, and other congenial friends, all or nearly all as Ali Babis, sitting round a little tank which occupied the centre of the room and smoking opium. The discussion, as usual, turned on religion, and Mullah Yusuf gave me some further instances of the kibbles whereby the Shia clergy and their followers have made the law of no effect. There are, said he, six obligations incumbent on every Musalman, to wit, prayer, salat, fasting, Siam, pilgrimage, hajj, teeths, homes, alms, zakat, and under certain circumstances, religious warfare, jihad. Of these six, the last three have practically become null and void. Of religions war they are afraid because the infidels have waxed strong and because they remember the disastrous results which attended their more recent enterprises of this sort as for the teeths homes literally fifths they should be paid to poor seyyids or descendants of the prophet and how do you suppose they manage to save their money and salve their consciences at the same time why they place the amount of the money which they ought to give in a jar and pour triacle shire over it then they offer this jar to a poor seyyid without of course letting him know about the money which it contains and when he has accepted it buy it back from him for two or three garans or else they offer him one toman on condition that he signs a receipt for fifty i turned these admissions against mullah yusuf when he began to argue for the superiority of islam over christianity you yourself i said declare that the essential characteristic of the prophetic word is that it has power to control men's hearts and as you have just told me that out of six things which Muhammad made binding on his followers, three have become of non effect. You cannot wonder if I question the proof of Islam by your own criterion. God knows that the mass of professing Christians are very far from putting into constant practice all the commands laid upon them by him whom they profess to follow but i should be sorry to think that his precepts and example had as 
little effect on my countrymen as those of Muhammad, on your own showing, seem to have on yours. On returning to the garden, I found a note from the officious Haji Muhammad Khan inquiring whether I had learned anything more about the two Frenchmen who had arrived in Kerman. He had also left with Haji Safar a verbal message asking for some brandy, which message, by reason of Sayyid Hussein's presence, Haji Safar communicated to me in Turkish. Don't attempt to conceal anything from me, exclaimed the Sayyid, by talking a foreign language, for I perfectly understand what you're talking about. This, however, was, as I believe, a mere idle boast. From Mullah Yusuf, I today obtained a more circumstantial account than I had yet heard of an event which some time ago created a good deal of excitement in Kerman, especially amongst the Bobbies. A lad of fifteen, the son of an architect in the city, who had been brought up in the doctrines of the Sheikhis, turned Babi, and inspired by that reckless zeal which is the special characteristic of the people of the Bayan, repaired to Langar, the headquarters of the Sheikhis, and the residence of the sons of Haji Muhammad Karim Khan, and there publicly addressed the assembled Sheikhis on the signs of the manifestation of Imam Mahdi and the general theory of the Theophanes. The Sheikhis, believing him to be one of themselves, at first listened complacently enough as he developed his doctrine and were even pleased with his eloquence and fervor. But when, after declaring that in each dispensation there must needs be a point of darkness opposed to the point of light, an Emrud against an Abraham, a Pharaoh against a Moses, an Abu Jahl against a Muhammad, an Antichrist or Dajjal against a Mahdi, he so described the point of light and point of darkness of this cycle as to make it clear that by the former he meant Mirza Ali Muhammad the Bab, and by the latter Haji Muhammad Karim Khan, the fury of his audience burst forth. They seized him, dragged him from the mosque, reviled him, cursed him, pelted him with stones, bound him to a tree and scourged him most cruelly in spite of all they could do however it continued to laugh and exult so that at last they were obliged to release him tuesday the eighteenth of june the eighth of shawwal this afternoon i received another visit from afsal khan the baluch who wished me to give him a letter of introduction to my friend the Nawab Mirza Hassan Ali Khan at Mashhad, whither he proposed to proceed shortly. Then he began to persuade me to accompany him thither and thence onwards to Kandahar and Galat Nasiri, his home in Baluchistan. You say you are a traveller, concluded he, 
desirous of seeing as much as you can of the world well baluchistan is part of the world and a very fine part too not persian baluchistan of course which is a poor miserable place but our own land i declined his seductive offer and thereupon he taunted me with being afraid at this juncture the sheikh of Rome and the postmaster's son arrived well said the sheikh when the usual greetings had been exchanged what do you make of these two farangis who have come to kerman hitherto i replied i have hardly seen them and consequently am not in a position to form an opinion they declare themselves to be frenchmen continued the sheikh but if so it's a very astonishing thing that they should be so wanting in good manners as they appear to be for we always suppose the french to be remarkable amongst european nations for their courtesy and politeness your supposition is correct as a rule i answered even though there be exceptions but you know the aphorism the exceptional is as the non-existent in what way have they shown a lack of courtesy why said the sheikh his royal highness the prince may god perpetuate his rule naturally wished to see them and ascertain the business which had brought them here so he sent a message inviting them to visit him they refused to come he was naturally very angry but seeing that they were Farangis, and so saving your presence not to be judged by our standards of good behavior he swallowed down his annoyance and sent another message saying since you do not wish to visit me i must needs visit you in answer to this second message they sent back word that their lodging was not suitable for receiving so august a personage his royal highness hesitated to punish their churlishness as it deserved but finding that they had with them a persian attendant lent to them by the governor of mashhad with whom prince nasiruddole is not on the best of terms he ordered him to come to the palace for interrogation on the following day for thought he him at least i can oblige to speak when the farangis found that their fists were going to be opened in spite of them they decided to accompany their man before the prince and without giving any notice of their visit in they marched with their great dirty boots which they never even offered to remove neither would they give any satisfactory account of themselves or their business we think it probable that they are come after walnut trees which as men say they cut and polish in some manner known to themselves in such a way that pictures or reflections of any scene which may have taken place in the neighborhood of the tree appear in the polished surface of the wood but of this you probably know more than we do the question is are they really frenchmen as they assert i don't know said i all i can say is that they talk french so far as i can judge as though it were their native language 
Don't you believe a word of it? Broke in the Baluch. They're no more French than I am. Who are the French that they should dare to act toward His Royal Highness as these men have done? No, they are either Russians or English, of that you may be sure. We laughed at the Baluch's ideas on the balance of power in Europe while he continued with increasing excitement if his royal highness will but give me a hint i will seek out these farangis in their lodging i and my companions here and will kill them and cut off their heads and lay them at the prince's feet and how would you do that asked the sheikh with difficulty suppressing his mirth do it rejoiced afzal khan easily enough I would find out where they lodged, walk in one fine day with an assalamu alaikum, peace be upon you, and cut them down with this sword of mine before they had time to speak, or flee, or offer the slightest resistance. Oh, said the sheikh, but that wouldn't be at all right. You shouldn't say peace be upon you to a man you're just going to kill. Why not? retorted the Baluch. They're infidels, kafirs, and such it is lawful to slay in any manner. But he is a kafir too, slyly remarked the sheikh, pointing towards myself. Yes, I know he is, exclaimed the Baluch, and if only... Here he was interrupted by a general roll of laughter. Oh, most excellent Khan! I cried as soon as the general merriment had somewhat subsided. Now your fist is opened. Now I see why you were so eager for me to accompany you to your interesting, hospitable country. A long journey, in sooth, would it have been, and one, as I think, and which I might have set out singing, Damiraftanast Orfi. بیروخش نظاره ای کن که امید بازگشتن کس از این سفر ندارد This the moment of departure of Orphi Take a last look at his face For from this journey none may hope to return The Baluch hung his head in some confusion And then began to laugh gently you are quite right, Sahib, he said, but I know very well that you are an agent of your government, engaged in heaven knows what mischief here. Why, look at me, I replied. I live, as you see, like a dervish, without any of the circumstance or having which befits any envoy of such a government as ours. Ay, he retorted. But you English are cunning enough to avoid ostentation when it suits your own ends to do so. I know you to my cost, and that is the way it always begins. And so the matter dropped, and that was the last I saw of my friend Afzal Khan. Later on several other visitors came, the Sayyid of course, Haji Shirazi, who was immensely convivial, having, as he informed me, drunk half a bottle of brandy for his stomach's sake, and the parcher of peas. 
the last drew me aside out of the hearing of the Sayyid, between whom and himself subsisted a most violent antipathy, and said he had come to ask me to have supper one night with him, the postmaster, and some other congenial friends, so that we could converse quietly and without fear of intrusion. Thank you, I said. I shall be very pleased to come any evening that suits you, and I am no less anxious than yourself for an opportunity for some quiet conversation, for hitherto, though I know that many of my friends here are Bobbies, we have only talked on side issues and have never come to the main point. And it's about the Bab especially, and Quratul Ain and the others, not about Baha, that I want to hear. It was he whom I heard about and learned to admire and love before I left my native country. And since my arrival in Persia, though I have conversed with many Babis, it is always of Baha that they speak. Baha may be very well and may be superior to the Bab, but it's about the Bab that I want to hear. Yes, he replied, you shall hear about him, for he is worth hearing about. The Lord Jesus come back to earth in another form. He was but a child of nineteen when his mission began, and was only twenty-six when they killed him killed him because he was a charmer of hearts and for no crime but this dar kodam millat hastin dar kodam mazhab hastin ke kushand dilbari ra ke to dil ruba chirai in what church in what religion is this lawful that they should kill a charmer of hearts saying why dost thou steal hearts? Whose is that verse? I inquired. Oh, he replied, the original verse is Araghiz and runs thus. Dar kodam millat hastin, dar kodam mazhab hastin, ke koshand aashiqi ra, ke to aashiqam chirao. In what church, in what religion is this lawful? that they should kill a lover, saying, Why art thou my lover? But we have altered the verse to suit our purpose. At this point the Sayyid was seen approaching us, and the parcher of peas fled as from the angel of death. But Haji Shiraz, and after supper, consumed as much brandy as he could get, observing repeatedly in a rather unsteady voice that no amount of it produced any effect upon him because moisture so greatly predominated in his natural temperament end of section thirty eight